Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to get green. Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser are in the house. All natural, no pesticides, no artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardeners. News Radio 1020 KDKA. All right, let's get going, folks. Time to get out in the garden. A little bit of a warm break as far as the frigid temperatures and snowy conditions. So you can at least think spring, right? And we've got two of the best to give you all the ideas that you need to get that done. Thinking spring. And when it comes to spring, actually getting out in the garden and moving some dirt and making fun of it and making it get done. So here we go, folks. 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank Instant Access, kdk.com. Doug Oster and Jessica Wallace are here. We'd love to hear from you. And if you're the 10th caller right now, you know you're going to want to hear from us because if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you're going to receive a $25 gift certificate to Sorgles Orchards, Brant School Road in Wexford. Time now, though, to say good morning to Doug and Jessica. Good morning, guys. Did you say make fun of your dirt? I have no clue what I said, <laughs> nor do I care. So just get on with your show, sir, before I come across this counter. It's been one of those mornings, hasn't it, Rob? Oh, it's been one of those lives. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Doug Oster from the Tribune Review and everybodygardens.com. And I am horticulturist Jessica Walliser. Welcome to another sunny Sunday morning in Pittsburgh. Sunny. <laughs> I must yeah, have missed that memo. It is not. It's sunny because we're here, but oh, it's certainly not least, sunny out the window. At least it's melting out there. I couldn't believe it when I, I came home yesterday and I, I looked at the front uh, of the house and daffodils were up. There's some daffodils that I inherited at this uh, house 20 years ago. I moved in and the daffodils are between the sidewalk and the house. So, of course, you know, they get the heat from the house, the brick and everything. And I just, they always come up early, but. This They're not are, blooming, so it's just no, the no, greens. No, no, just okay. the greens coming up, uh, and that's just, that's hopeful. I mean, it's way too early, but it's hopeful just to yeah. see something sprout. Uh, I, I, you know, I have to poke around, see if there's some snowdrops up or anything else. It seems, and just, you know, it's been cold, 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 and just like one little thaw. And they just know it's, you know, the day length or something. It's just like, we got to see what's going on here. <laughs> yeah, well, and when the snow melts ever, if it ever does, and the slush melts, it'll be interesting to see what's there. But I think it's important that we, we tell people not to worry about that. Yeah, that's always the question. Yep. You know, uh, it starts sprouting, and then, of course, it's going to get cold again, going to snow again. Uh, but don't worry about it. You know, these these plants have been doing this for centuries, and no worries. You know, sometimes with daffodils, if you get a, a weird spring, and it doesn't happen that often, they will come up and then after the foliage comes up, then some buds will come up and some buds will freeze out. But that's usually just an early variety. These ones by the house, no matter what the what, no matter what happens, they mm. always bloom. They just yeah. they just always do. So yeah, I mean the vast majority of them do. It takes a lot to do, get that bud blast and freeze those buds, which doesn't usually happen this time of year. But some people might have daffodils poking up, tulips poking up, yeah. crocus coming up out of the ground already. Don't worry about it. Don't go out, cover them with blankets. Don't put mulch on them. Just let them do their thing. They'll be just fine. 
We got a couple uh, speaking engagements coming up. Mine is this Thursday at Sorgles, 6.30 p.m. I'm talking about how to get started in the garden. We'll be doing seed starting and what to do in your vegetable garden, flower garden, plant selection, all that sort of thing. You need to register. Uh, it's 5 bucks, but you can use the $5 towards store credit. And register, just call Sorgles at 724-935-1743 or just go to sorgles.com and then backslash educational series. That's Thursday, 6.30 p.m. at Sorgos. You better register because I've been talking about it a little bit online. It seems like people are coming. You're going to have fun. That's always a great place oh, for a yeah, lecture. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll be in the Macintosh barn. Nice. It'll be a scream. That's a nice place. Now, are you doing a whole, like, demonstration on seed starting? Yeah, I'll demonstrate how to seed start. Yeah. i got a PowerPoint running, talk about flowers, vegetables, plants, talk gardening, take questions, have fun. Always a fun place it's, to be with yes. Randy and Dave and their yes. crew, right? Always fun. Don't forget, you'll also be at the Washington County Fairgrounds. That's right. That's February 25th. I'll talk a little bit about that next week. But yeah, I'll be 2 o'clock. I'll be at the Washington Home and Garden Show. That's going to be fun. And you've got one coming up in March, right? I do, yeah. And it's March 3rd, and I know that it's a couple weeks away, but they only have a, a limited number of spaces available. I'm, I'm, on Saturday, March 3rd at 10 a.m., I'm going to be at the Fern Hollow Nature Center, which is in Swickley. Um, and I will be there talking about transitioning your garden to organic care. So we're going to talk a little about lawn care, vegetable gardens, flower gardens, how you can switch some of your practices just to get more organic techniques into your landscape. And you can apply for that. Uh, it's $10 by going to QVCOG, which is Quaker Valley Council of Governments, QVCOG.org, or calling them at 412-766-7458. And again, that's Saturday, March 3rd. All right. Now, listen, we're going to come back. Oh, dear. The Tulips, or daffodils, I should say, are up. They'll explain when we get back. Let's say congratulations to Irene from Ross Township, winner of that gift certificate from Sorgles. Good morning, everybody. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. Is Radio 1020 KDK. All right, daffodils up, uh, deer are out, should we worry? Let's uh, say hello once again to Doug and Jess. Go ahead, guys. Daffodils up, deer. Yeah, heck, we should worry about those deer. Oh, boy. Oh, we came home uh, know, last I night. Like, there's three like in the, the yard. Know, just like a, a, something they shouldn't eat. Uh, I've got an Ilex that's been sitting there. It's a big, uh, long hedge. Like I said, been there forever. They're not just eating it. They're, uh, you know, they're tromping on it. It looks like they're rolling in it. <laughs> yeah, they're all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Well, and every time I've been lucky, I've seen them out in the yard. They haven't done too much damage at my place yet because every time we get a decently warm day, you know, mid-40s or so, I go out with a deer spray and just spray everything I know, like our apple trees and, um, you know, some of our junipers, which they're not supposed to eat, but they do. Um and some other things, I will definitely go out and spray them every time we have semi-warm weather. So don't forget to do that if you have deer where you live in your garden. I'm using Bobex. That stuff smells, but it really works. Yeah. All right. We're ready to go to the phones. Let's say hi to Judy in New Alexandria. Hey, Judy, good morning. Welcome to the Organic Gardeners on KDK. Good morning, guys. I have a question for you. My indoor plant, my trumpet bush, had some brown little mite-type bugs on them. I cleaned them off. I sprayed the plant down with a weak soap solution, and I find a little bit more every now and then. I just manually take them off. Do I need to worry about transplanting it or those bugs coming out of the dirt? When should I transplant? Okay, so let's first talk about what kind of plant that is. Was Is that, when you say a trumpet plant, is that what you called it? 
Yes, uh, trumpet flower. Okay, so was this one you had outside on the patio all summer and then you brought in for the winter? It was. So you mean the big, like an angel's trumpet, big, like a Bergmansia. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Yes. Just want to make sure we were talking about the same plant. And yes. describe the what you said, little brown bugs. So well, are they flying? In the past, no, they are not flying. In the past, I would have considered them to be like a spider mite. Okay. But there were no webs involved with this, and they are brown as opposed to being red or white. And how tiny are they? Uh, pinhead tiny. Okay, so... I can barely see them in, unless they're clustered. Okay, so it's probably not a spider mite, obviously, because you don't have the webbing on there. Spider mites always leave a fine webbing behind, uh, and they're actually even tinier than that. You need to sort of knock the plant on a sheet of white paper and see them crawling around. You barely see them. They're they're so teeny tiny. So you probably have something else going around on. Are they moving on the plant, or are they pretty much still? Like, you'll find them they're in groups and still. Well, they're pretty much still until I start to spray, and then they start to scatter a little bit more. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, but I do take them off manually a lot, though, too. Okay. I brush them off of the leaves into a, a, a washcloth or something and, and drown them. Okay. Okay. So I'm not 100% common on what, uh, sure on what they are because they're not doesn't sound like any of the pests that typically uh, you know, feed on that plant. You know, if it was scale, they wouldn't be moving around like they are. Aphids, some of them would have wings. They would be bigger than what you're describing. So, you know, I am a little unsure on giving you ways to 100% control it without having some type of positive ID on that pest. But I think that manual removal is probably your best bet. Um, and you can even use like a cotton swab or cotton ball soaked in isopropyl rubbing alcohol or just even in water you can do. Um, I would shy away and stay away from spraying the plant with any homemade, like, soapy mixtures. I would much rather you go with one that's commercially produced, that you know it's mixed at the right strength. It's not going to harm that plant. Um, but I think the manual removal is probably the best. If it's feeding on the foliage, it's probably have nothing to do with what's in the roots. So I wouldn't worry about repotting the plant or anything like that. When you okay. take it out back outdoors in the spring, if it needs a larger container, obviously you can go ahead and move it. Um, but I don't think it's going to be an issue in the soil at all. Usually, too, when it's, you know, when you can keep it under control and the, not a big infestation, it'll be okay for the plant. If you really, really want to get a... a you know, ID on the bug, just take a little leaf off, put it in a Ziploc bag and, and bring it into your local nursery. Just be sure it's in the Ziploc bag so you're not releasing them into the nursery. Yeah, they would not like that so much. No. <laughs> okay. All right. It's great. a, it's a great, you so much. you're welcome. It's a great plant. I love Brugmansia. Yeah. I mean, their oh, their yeah, fragrance yeah. is absolutely incredible. You know, I bought one last year cheap, uh, you know, June, so mm -hmm. it didn't look so great, you know, but gave it a little little bit of feeding and got it going. And then I have a Facebook friend that's uh, starting some, trying to start some from seed this year. So oh, interesting to see how that, that, that goes. Yeah. But one warning about those is all plant parts are poisonous, like the seeds, the stems, the flowers, everything. And I mean, highly, highly poisonous. So if you've got a, you know, pet that likes to nibble plants or a kid or, you know, you have a thing, I don't know, whatever. That is a plant you definitely don't want to mess around with. All right, 866-391-1020, Dollar Bank Instant Access, KDK.com. Let's go to Clarion and say hello to Brad. Brad, welcome to KDK and the Organic Good morning. Gardens. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. How are you? Jessica, you gave me wonderful information about my Jingle Bell Ponsetta plant a few weeks ago. I called and told you about dying. Mm-hmm. And you said to hold off on the water, no water, and I didn't, and... 
pretty soon greenery started coming back on it, and it's beautiful again. Good. Woohoo. Right. I love hearing. Yeah, I was right. You gave me. You gave me. Good Are you advice. ever wrong? <laughs> yeah. Doug, I don't know if we're going to have any daffodil for quite a long while. It'll have to come up through the snow if we're going to see any. Yeah, that's <laughs> mine. Are coming up through the ice, through the leaves, actually. Yeah. Well, and you've kind of got the eaves. Is that where the eaves of your yeah, uh, the yeah. house are hanging yep. over the bed too? Which probably has something to do with it. Also, I'm looking forward to actually taking a close look at them in the light this morning to see so, what we're we have. Doing. A whole bunch of daffodils come up in the spring, but uh, I don't know how long it's going to be. They've got quite a bit of snow on the ground up here yet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, great. Well, I'm glad. The manure on the garden, and it's it's doing a good job right now. <laughs> it's soaking you know, in, it's, which it's, is good. It's, it's right. ni- nice when it when we get a little thaw like this to get out and walk around the garden a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, I've got manure on my tomato bed, trying to do better with my tomatoes this year, and I I might just get out there and kind of rake it out a little bit. We'll see. You know, we'll awful, get a little awful, antsy. Awful, yeah, cold and wet <laughs> out there, but just let's walk around and look around, see what we can do, and then the birds. In the morning, every morning, you get more and more uh, of the birds singing. Oh, yeah. I just yeah. love it. Yeah. Well, Hello. Hey. talking to you guys again. All right. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, Thank Brad. You. you too. Take care. All right. 866-391-1020. Bank Kinston Access. KDK.com. Uh, you know, at the feeder, I saw a hawk, though. And then uh, I had a report from uh, Cindy that uh, it got some kind of... Uh, mammal, but we I haven't looked at it yet. She wasn't sure what it was, and I hope it's not a flying squirrel because flying squirrels are you You're know. flying flying squirrels. We've seen one in the time that we've lived there, really? yeah. And uh, you know, they're rare, yeah, you know, not a rare, but I don't I don't think they're it's endangered, unusual. but you don't see them very often. But yeah. you know, the fact that she didn't know what it was, I'm, I'm wondering if it might be, might yeah. be a flying squirrel, but you know, the hawks are. Mm-hmm. Always hanging around the feeder looking for an easy meal. Yeah, we had three squirrels for a long time in our yard. Uh, and thankfully, I have a baffle that they can't get up onto the bird feeder, but they do love to feed on the seed that, you know, the birds knock out of the, the feeder. And we had three earlier in the season, and then it was two, and then it was one. And now we have none coming around. And we do have a red-tailed hawk that sits up in the tree. Sometimes we'll find, you know, a, a puff of feathers that it caught some other bird on the ground and a strike mark but i think it got all three of those squirrels mm. so yeah it's a lean mean winter for those guys yeah you know you when know? you have the snow cover yep i can't you know i wish they would get, get all the voles that's what i wish they would get yeah that's the snow cover though that's, i know <laughs> well that's that's why that we need the snow to melt so they can get the voles right. because the voles kind of go right underneath this between the snow and the soil and in the spring when the snow melts what's really interesting about the voles is you can actually see their trails through the grass um, and it'll look like little, you know, beaten paths through the woods, but it'll be through the lawn. And you'll see that here and there in the garden and um, and in the, the lawn. And it's really interesting to know that all that time snow was on the ground and you had wildlife. All right. Listen, the number to dial to be on the program. Very simple. 866-391-1020. Bank in Sun Access. KDK.com. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This Radio 1020 KDK. All right, 10th caller wins a gift certificate to Janoski's in Clinton. The number is 412-922-1020. All right, here we go. KDKA Dollar Bank Instant Access. As Doug and Jess have a small dogwood with a light green scale on it. And the tree has never seemed to grow well. And now sections of the tree are sadly dying. What can I do to help this dogwood grow? Doug, Jess. First, I'm guessing it's probably lichen. That's just my mm-hmm. guess. So that's that's no worry. But... 
I once talked talk to a uh, nursery professional and I asked her, I said, when's the best time to move a dogwood? She says, never. Yeah. You know, it, they're shallow rooted, uh, you know, don't like drought. So, but they, you can bring them back. You can give them what they need to feed them a little bit. Make sure you mulch them. Yeah, and also realize that dogwoods are understory trees. These are trees. Um, if it's a if it's our native dogwood, Cornus Florida, these are supposed to be on the edge of woodlands. They're not supposed to be out in the middle of a hot sunny yard. So a lot of times we will see sort of some some uh, pushback from them, so to speak, when they're in a condition where they really don't thrive. So that could be playing a part in it. Um, the lichens, which is that light green, which she describes, I agree with you. I'm, I, I, that's lichens that has nothing to do with the dieback. There could be a fungal issue called anthracnose, which does strike our native dogwoods, and it will do that dying off branch by branch kind of thing. Um, so that would be something. There is a, a plant diagnostic disease clinic that is through Penn State where you can actually send a sample of that plant into them through their, I think it's called the plant disease clinic. So you would just Google plant disease clinic Penn State, and it will tell you how to send in a sample and stuff. And you can get a sample as to whether or not it's anthracnose. You could also call the folks at Davy Tree and have one of their arborists come out. Um, they come out for free, assess the tree, talk to you about what's going on with it, and offer you some tips um, on how to care for it. So you could contact Davy Tree as All well. All right, a couple of text messages. Deer eating my buds in the bushes. Is it okay to cover them with plaque plastic bags? And the other one, tro- mm. is it true that crows to keep the hawks away? Mm. Well, the first one, don't put plastic bags on Mm-mm. your stuff. You know, we just use... Deer netting, you know, to keep them away. That's that's the best thing. I, I actually, for a shrub, I just like to put up some tomato stakes and then just use a staple gun and surround it with some deer netting. Yeah, you don't want to be covering it, you know. Uh, you can do more damage by covering it. And the crows, I don't know. Crows keep away hawks. I'm you not know, sure. You know, I have read something about that, that, like, they can, um, you know, gang up, but I don't... I know think... the crows chase the hawk. Yeah. Like, when the, when the hawk is after their... Uh, fledglings or the eggs the crows will chase them away mm-hmm. uh, but i mean i've seen that many times in my forest but i still see red-tailed hawks cooper's hawks and sharp yeah, hawks and I, all the time i certainly have lots of crows at our place and we have lots of hawks too and, so and the, the coolest thing is we have uh again this year a, a great horned owl oh fun yeah and just it's so loud you can hear it in the house I can hear it in the house when I'm when I'm reading with earplugs in before I go to bed. I can hear it. Wow! Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It must be really close. And I heard it heard it this morning. Yeah, you know, uh, we had a, a parent nest about two three years ago, and got to see the fledgling, which was fun. Oh, cool! And uh, yeah, just hearing it is cool. Congratulations to Anita from McKeesport, winner of that gift certificate from Janoski's. Number to dial to be on the program, 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank, Instant Access, kdk.com. So where are you going to be speaking next? Uh, next is Sorgles. That's going to be this Thursday at 6.30. I'll be talking about how to get started in the garden. And boy, don't we want to talk about getting started in the garden? We want to get started in the garden. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I can't wait. I, I This is this this part of winter for me all the way around. And, you know, how many have been through, you know, 58 of these, <laughs> 59, no, 58. <laughs> and it's just like, it's the same thing every year. You get to this part, you're just like, oh, let's go. <laughs> but you got to wait. And, and uh, let's go to John in Baldwin. John, how you doing? I realize there's really no way to keep the deer completely away from your garden, but do you have any suggestions to help deter oh. them? Uh, yeah, lots offense. of suggestions. First, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, okay, always first is, is some always kind of a physical barrier. That doesn't mean fencing your whole property, but 
I just did a story out at Pittsburgh Botanic Garden. They've got 2,000 new plantings out there on 60 acres, unfenced. And anything the deer eat, they just have a, a fence around that thing. After that, it's trying to grow things they don't prefer, which this year is almost impossible. They're eating everything. But then it's, it's using these different uh, sprays, granular stuff. I think Jess has, has a great idea, just mixing it up a little bit. Yeah. So I, you know, I try not to use the same product all the time. So I will, you know, for, for two months, I'll use one product and then I'll switch and use another product for a little while. Uh, but the deal with it is you have to be consistent about the application. You have to follow label instructions. People will be like, oh, I used that deer spray, but it didn't work. And then I'll talk to them about, well, did you, you know, spray it when they said to spray it? Did you pick the right kind of weather? Did you, you know, did it get to dry before it rained and all that stuff? And usually it was, you know, user error and why they didn't work. Um, but yeah, I yeah. mean, there's no, there's no, people put, people put hair, human hair up and they hang up coyote pee and they do all kinds of soaps and all kinds of crazy stuff there's not a lot of science to back up all those things you know if you find something that works for you that's not hurting anything great but if you really want something that's going to work you got to go with a commercial formulation and something that has some science behind I, it i just got a text from your biggest fan this guy is supposed to be a my friend. husband no oh no He's supposed to be a friend of mine. He's supposed to be a fan of mine, but he's always talking about you. Did Jess say she started her peppers? Did <laughs> my buddy Bill Zener, Bill Zener from Warrendale, he ordered one. Wanted you to know that he ordered some Mexican sunflower seeds. All right. I'm the Mexican sunflower guy. I'm the one that's turned you on to Mexican no, sunflowers. Yeah. I think I grew them first. Didn't uh, uh, no way. Oh, I don't uh, know. I've been that. growing them since '98. Uh, I don't remember the first year I grew them. I, I gave them to you. All right. Hey, Maybe. We're coming back to take more <laughs> phone calls in just a moment. Uh, stay with us. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. News Radio 1020, KDKA. That time again, it's Mrs. Know-It-All. That's Denise Schreiber, Greenhouse Manager from Allegheny County Parks. And how about this thaw, Mrs. Know-It-All? The thaw is great because you don't have to shovel rain. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I hadn't thought of it that way. Oh, That's tell good. Tell me about it. Tell That's me good. about it. I, I gotta, I, I'm plowing. Yeah, well, you know, we have a snowblower that we use, but, you know, some of this has been more ice than snow, and you can't really use a snowblower mm -hmm. with ice. It just mm -hmm. doesn't work too well. I'm done. I'm so done with winter. I usually, oh, I'm not crazy about it. I tolerate it. You know, it's part of living here, you know, in mm -hmm. the north. I'm okay with that, but it won't go away. I'm just done. Usually we have, you know, a couple of days, maybe even a week, you know, where it actually kind of gets into the 50s and 60s, and it just teases us a little bit, but it kind of reminds us that spring is going to come. Right now, I'm not sure if it's ever going to show up. And who knows what March can hold for us, you know, if we're, sure, if we're sure. lucky. Don't yeah, be we'll be, it'll be 40s, 50s, and yeah, like you said, a couple 60s. Should but... I kick him, Denise? Well, I'm, just, right I'm, just, right I'm just saying, it's just like, oh, you know, I, I feel your pain because I feel the same way. I just, I... I'm always reticent to complain about it because hey, how can you complain about the weather? And like you said, we live up north and everything, but oh. Yeah, and we all have a bit of zone envy. You know, I would love to be able to grow camellias and crepe myrtles. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, on the other hand, I have friends who live in the South that have to garden with fire ants and rattlesnakes oh, and, point. you know, all sorts of other creatures. So I'm, I'm okay with it. I have to tell you, I was on my way to a friend's house right after Christmas, and the Christmas decorations were all put away, and it was a sunny day, and I'm like, oh, I'm ready to, you know, you know, go out and work in the garden. This would be a good day. And I'm like, it's January. I can't do that. How does it pull some weeds? That's really, because there are weeds up. You know, I've seen, I was driving past one of the um, gardens that the Western Pennsylvania Conservancy maintains, and it's covered in bittercress. It's just like, you know, one day of sunshine and boom, it's there everywhere. It's it's sickening to say, oh, I, I don't want to look at that. I want to look actually, at flowers. Yeah. It's growing, and it's really happy in my garden underneath uh, a plastic skylight growing. It's like a, yeah. it's a living mulch under my leeks oh. and my uh, my uh, mustard greens. And so, Just I, don't let it go to seed and flower and seed because you'll never get rid of it. I eat it this yeah. time of the year. It's good. It's like it, it goes from flower to seed in about a day. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Yep. It's almost born pregnant, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then ma- it shoots those seeds everywhere All when right, you go Mrs. to pull know it, it out. All. So. Next week, maybe it will be, be warmer and we can talk about getting started. There huh? you go. All right, here we go, folks. Let's get to some uh, dollar bank instant access messages, then we'll try to get back to the phones if we have time. Uh, these questions have been waiting for a while. Doug and Jess, old nurseryman friend, my dad told me the best time to move a dogwood is when the leaves are the size of a mouse's ear. I don't think that at all. Yeah, I, I would rather do it uh, in the fall, personally. Yeah. I, I would rather do it while it was dormant. But uh, again, that would be a huge amount of stress with a plant that's leafing it, out like that. And plus, it are, it's getting ready to bloom. Whew, you know, yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to have to bloom after that, too. But again, there's. there's well, lots... no, because Douglas bloom before the leaves come out. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Well, then it's, it's even worse. It's right. put all that energy into blooming, and then, right. then the leaves are going to come on. Right. But again, you know. There's all sorts of different ways to do gardening, and there's all sorts of different ideas on how to garden. I wouldn't do it that way. Yeah. You know, I'd want to do it in the fall. Dollar Bank Instant Access. It says, after more than a year of being robust and beautiful, shiny, blooming, and well cared for, seemingly overnight, my mid-sized piece really died or seems like it anyway. It is one huge cluster of dropping yellow leaves, some already dead and crispy. How did this happen, and is there any hope for my lovely plant? Oh, that's horrible heartbreaking when that happens you have a plant that you love so much peace lilies let me just tell you a story about peace lilies my freshman year going into college way back when i had worked in a greenhouse for several years before that all through college and my parting gift from my bosses at the greenhouse was a beautiful peace lily plant in a eight inch pot for my dorm room and they gave it to me right before I moved into my dorm up at Penn State. And I moved in. I had it on the microwave, you know, right under the window. And I was super excited for it. And it did really well until about three, four weeks after school started. And then it started to droop and drop. And all the leaves turned yellow and crispy and crunchy. And I'm like, I'm what a horticulture major I am. I killed my peace, Lily. I don't understand what's going on. And And uh, I went to take the plant and I went to lift it up and the basket that it was in was completely full of water. Uh And I said to my roommate, have you been watering this plant? (laughs) And she said, well, yeah, I water it like almost every day. 
and no, it wasn't being drained. It was sitting in that water. The symptoms of overwatering are almost exactly the same as underwatering. You get the wilting, drooping leaves. So that could be a part of it. You never want to let water sitting in the container or in you know the saucer underneath or in a decorative basket. Take it to the sink and water it and let it flush out. Um, you know, my guess is probably an over or underwatering issue. Is someone extra in your house giving a little more water like my roommate did? That could definitely be part of it. Did that was a pretty high number. <laughs> All right, let's go to Joe. Hey, Joe. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Um, I have to grow tomatoes in containers, get them up off the ground, hang them from the old swing set in order to keep the critters away. It's the only way. So knowing that, uh, what would you recommend? I don't, I'm just looking for something as foolproof as possible. I'm willing to sacrifice exotic flavor or exotic appearance. I just want to have some success. Can you start them from seeds, or do you want to start them from plants? Do you want to? No, I, I want to start from seed. Oh, let me tell right. you about one. And let I me... have some too. Okay. Let... Okay. So I I love. There's all these new tomatoes out now that are. Um, Big tomatoes on shorter plants, some of them are weeping plants, right? So they're cascading, so you could do them in hanging baskets. I love one called Red Profusion. There's another one called Totem. There's one called Iron Lady, which is great for disease resistance. These are shorter statured tomatoes. I love a cherry one called Tumbling Tom that will just, you see it in hanging baskets. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, let's see what else. What other ones are what there? One of my one tumbling tom. Tumbling tom. Yep. Okay. One of my all-time favorites is called Super Bush. Uh, it it's definitely really stocky, but it puts on a bigger tomato, a tasty but, tomato. That um, Red Racer is really good for yeah, containers too. I grew I grew this one called Red Racer last year, and it they didn't send but, it to me until July, like fifteenth, and mm-hmm. I got tomatoes off it. So that's how quick it'll put on tomatoes. Ooh. There's a brand new one from Burpee. Mm. The put it's a bread for containers. I can't remember the name. Of Might course. be Atlas. Okay. I think it's Atlas, and I can't get a signal in here for my phone. I think it's Atlas, but look at Burpee, and it is putting on one pound tomatoes on a plant that is that is uh, small. You know, yeah. small in stature. How big will the containers be that you'll be hanging in the, on the swing set? Uh, for right now, unless you want me to get something bigger, I just have, um, you know, the uh, a, a, a traditional hanging plant that you buy for a porch. I, I have the containers. We do their gallon and a half or two gallons. Okay, so that that's fine. The only one that's fine for is Tumbling Tom. All the other ones you're going to want at least five to yep. eight gallon yep. containers. So even hanging some five-gallon buckets with holes poked in the bottom would work. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. Dears Radio 1020 KDKA. All right, real quick, I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, good zinnia seed. I had my friend Betty just sent me a, a, a message. I don't know if she's even listening. It just through Facebook. Okay. Real quick. I love that apricot blush All right. from I, Renee's Seeds. It's my favorite. You can never go wrong with State Fair. All right, next week we have a very special guest, our friend Nikki Jabor, and she has a brand new book out. It's called Veggie Garden Remix. Uh, we've had Nikki on the show before. She is a gardener in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and she gardens all year round outdoors in mm-hmm. cold frames and stuff. She's going to be sharing with us some amazing global vegetables that we can grow this year. 
Remember, the Organic Gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden. And a safer place to... We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.